Welcome to The WAN Show, guys, the only video podcast on the internet with literally hundreds of thousands of viewers that cannot be arsed to have their host's heads even remotely the same size. (laughs) Well, see, here's the thing, James. If I adjust it for the angle that you're at, then next week when Luke is back from and he's broadcasting from his house, I'm going to have to adjust all those windows again. And it's like... It's a whole hassle. It will take at least six minutes. So we decided we decided to go ahead without it. But the good news is we've got a great show for you guys today. I'm going to pick my topics first. Ah, I like this one. TSMC reportedly will not make any extra capacity for Intel. Take that Intel. You're just gonna have to. You're just gonna have to encroach on the capacity that AMD needs. I know you're real choked about that. Real choked. Real upset. And the Galaxy Fold 2. No, actually, I like this one better. Arm China has you gone. You just said it. Arm China <laughs> had no. I'm no. I'm taking Arm China. Arm China has gone completely ape shit, and there is gone rogue. They, they gone rogue. They gone rogue. This is actually an amazing story. I love it so much. I was reading about this on my own earlier this week, so I don't know what's in the notes, but we'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some of what I was reading. What are your favorite topics today, James? Oh, uh, the iPhone 12 got delayed. That uh, brings me. Joy, sunshine on my heart. And also, Google wants Samsung to kill their Bixby Assistant and their Galaxy App Store. Uh, Sweet, if that Uh, happens, I think. Okay, really, really, because there's a great thread on the forum right now that's basically like the antitrust thread um with some of the hold on a second i probably have notifications yeah here it is uh so this is the uh the the antitrust mega thread with some of the um the allegation well not just allegations because these are internal documents that are coming to light as part of the investigations into amazon apple facebook and google right now about just stunning i mean it's okay it's not stunning because we all know they do it but it's stunning how um how transparent it is and how much how deep of a look we're getting at the process of these anti-competitive behaviors uh now that these companies are being investigated and these internal emails are spilling out into the public uh so we can we can talk about that a bit later as well for now we got to roll that what's that i didn't say anything it's called the intro do it are you are you listening to someone else are you on the is there someone else on this line what no nixon what nixon nixon (laughs) You just look like you're listening to someone else talk. <laughs> no, no, I was just, I was looking away from the camera that you're looking at me through because that's where my OBS monitoring is. I have no idea if the intro is rolling. It is rolling. We've got uh, great, great sponsors for the show today too. Moss Backpacks, Private Internet Access, and Displate. You know you love it. Oh, what just happened? Oh, it went to a black screen. That's fine. That's fine. We got this. All right. So why don't we jump right into the first big topic of the day, which is, of course... The iPhone 12 being delayed. This was posted by Zeus the Moose on the forum. And Apple has surprisingly... I actually I actually did not really expect them to do this. Apple came out and said, yes, the iPhone 12 will be delayed by a few weeks compared to their normal September time frame. I, what do you think that means? What, what is a few? Is it three weeks? Is it six weeks? I think they're still going to hit September. I'd be very surprised if they don't still hit September. And I think they probably used the term a few weeks so that we would all guess that it'll probably still be in September. Because iPhones launch anywhere from like September the... I don't think they've ever done it on the 1st. But anywhere from like September the 2nd or 3rd to like the the, the low teenth. Um, so what... I don't know, though, because check out their rationale. Tell us the rationale. Sure. So Tim Cook explained during the earnings call that many of the iPhone SE 2020 phones sold were to consumers who had been waiting to upgrade from older devices. Consumer may not be ready to upgrade their flagship mobile devices while stuck indoors and in the midst of economic uncertainty. And it's unclear how a cheaper iPhone released in the middle of the year could impact late year flagship iPhone sales. Plus, many Apple stores remain closed, with several locations in the U.S. having to reclose after temporarily reopening in July. This has impacted sales of the Apple Watch in particular, as people tend to want to try it on with different bands. Oh, that's very interesting. I bought my Apple Watch totally sight unseen. I said, Matthias, pick the most obnoxious strap in the store and uh, just uh, send me the the bill. I I wish to have an Apple Watch. That was how the conversation actually went. (laughs) Okay. 
the fact, the part about the Apple stores being closed notwithstanding, tell me how these other points are going to change in a few weeks. Well, I don't like, think how, they will. How is the upgrade cycle or the COVID situation, the economic uncertainty really going to change within a three week, three week period? Like, That's honestly why I don't really, I don't want to say I don't buy it because I'm basically accusing him of like, uh what what would be the exact uh offense like securities fraud like i'm, I'm basically accusing him of misleading investors because this is on an earnings call oh, um, you want to know the name of that you should ask intel we'll yeah. get to that later hey, I guess. got him got him um oh oh is the law is the lawsuit in here yes Oh, fantastic. It's a, it's a footnote on the TSMC topic. Okay, yeah, that's great. Uh, good, good, good. Anyway, so back to back to the iPhone. Like, I don't want to accuse Tim Cook of misleading investors, but that seems at best disingenuous. I don't, I don't, really, I don't really understand how the kinds of people that line up, right? The kinds of people that are buying an iPhone in the first two weeks I, I don't imagine our, I imagine there's two kinds of people that are buying an iPhone within the first three weeks, let's say, because he did say a few weeks. You've got your zealots, right? You've got your, your people who are upgrading every year regardless. For those people, what difference does it make? Honestly, order online, line up in front of a store. I, I think they're ordering an iPhone regardless. Okay, so you got those guys. Then you've got your desperate to upgrade, uh, you know, people who are still holding on to your, your iPhone 6, 6S uh, or 6 Plus or 6S Plus or whatever the case may be. And you're like, but yeah, this is the year. fewer of them. They're saying that there's fewer of those people now because of the SE 2020. Which is fair, which is fair. But what I'm saying is the people who buy an iPhone in the first three weeks, I think, fall into mostly those two groups. I mean, obviously, there's going to be the randoms that just wander into a Verizon store and like, oh, really? There's a new iPhone. You don't say. Well, sure, I guess I'll get the new one instead of the old one. What do I care? I'm, I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a professional surfer, dude. Like, I just, you know, I just surf. I get paid so much money to surf. Like, like there's going to be people who actually don't know about a new iPhone or whatever and just randomly buy a brand new iPhone. But I, I just think mostly we're falling into those two camps. And to, I, I'm, I'm supporting your point. I can't argue against that. I think either of those two camps... It's going to be completely unaffected by three weeks, one way or the other. I think they could launch it. They could launch it on August the 15th, three weeks early, or they could launch it on September the 30th, three weeks late. And those people would place their orders online or line up or whatever, regardless of the time I think frame. There's, the question mark is about group number two. How many of the people who are waiting to upgrade will upgrade at this moment? They want to maximize that number and maybe just a few weeks really can make the difference in the covid you know mindset the psychology of covid you know as soon as things start opening up you're kind of like hey things are back to normal this my mm -hmm. business is back to normal maybe i can get a new phone now so maybe a matter of a few weeks could make the difference i like i like the word psychology there because maybe this is less about the psychology of the actual consumer and more about the psychology of the investor i mean they did just do that four to one stock split um and maybe the point there there or maybe what they're trying to achieve here because mobile phone sales have been slipping uh, this is not an Apple trend. This is an industry-wide trend. Uh, it's it, people are getting to the point now where phones. It's it's kind of like how, uh, how what is it a Mayfly that has like a one-day life cycle? Do you do you know do you, do you know about this? Do you hear about this? <laughs> I don't know the specifics, but I'm aware. I, is it the Mayfly that has a one-day life cycle? I don't know. Uh, adults say blah 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 blah. There's oh, there's many members of a group of animals known as one-day insects uh the short and frenzied mating period for which the insect is known follows okay a fascinating wonderful wonderful um you know snippet there thank you google search um anyway what point was i trying to make right the so the psychology from an investment standpoint so maybe what they're after here is by just delaying so three weeks is going to be you know what about uh about six percent of a year or something like that right six or seven percent of a year so maybe if they thought that they were going to launch in early september which is not really a prime buying season if you think about it like apple is sort of unusual in that they just kind of 
they kind of pave their own way. They blaze their own trail. They go, okay, you know, we launch products in in September. Um, everyone else is like, hey, we got to hit the back to school rush, you know, in the computer world anyway. That's what everyone's trying to hit. Everyone's announcing their products in June at Computex. Uh, if you're if you're Intel or you're AMD, and then the actual shipping product, you're trying to hit that that August, uh, like that August time frame when people are back to school shopping, because a new phone is totally something that could be in someone's you know back to school toolkit these days, um, or you're trying to hit the holiday rush, right? And that's pretty much starts in the lead up to Black Friday, I would say. So Apple has positioned themselves in actually kind of no man's land if you think about it. Mid early to mid September is too late for back to school and too early for the holiday rush. So maybe what this is is Apple looking at this as an opportunity to say, okay, well sales are going to be a little bit softer than usual at launch, and that is one of the things that they love to talk about at the launch of a new iPhone. Is like, hey, we sold we sold more of this new iPhone than we've ever sold of any new iPhone before. This is the most popular iPhone ever. They're going to have a real hard time doing that unless they delay the launch to get closer to the frenzied holiday shopping season. Huh? Yeah. Uh, huh? I, I really think it has to do with um, also the optics of having big lineups outside of the Apple stores. So they're mm. probably just waiting for certain states to have to open up so that they can open their Apple stores so that they can have big lineups outside. And you know the the physical distancing is just going to make those lineups even longer. I know, right? <laughs> the line... <gasps> That's They're hilarious. Go so far down they're, the block. I I'm willing to bet somewhere like New York, for example, you know, they're going to break a record for like the longest lineup to get in anywhere. It's going to like wrap around the island or something stupid like that. It could. That would actually it's kind of a hack. That'd be kind of hilarious. Yeah, it's totally cheating, but it's kind of hilarious. Um, I, I came up with one other kind of big brain theory for this as well. So it's no secret that in the electronics industry in general, there has been a tendency towards longer product refresh cycles. And in graphics cards and CPUs, we saw this happen really in earnest over the last five or six years. Like NVIDIA went from launching a new graphics card yearly to every 18 months to when did the RTX 2080 Ti launch again? RTX 2080 Ti launch. Right? October 2018? Yeah, September. September 2018 for the 2080 Ti. That was, by the time they launch a successor, which is rumored to be happening um, just in time to kind of crap on the next-gen console launch, it will have been two years. So these, these cycles have increased, and we've seen the way that companies like NVIDIA message their products change in that time so it used to be back in the day nvidia would compare their new graphics card to their old graphics card but now not only do we wait longer for a new generation of product but a lot of the time i mean you see these decks as well a lot of the time when they talk about performance uplift they're looking at performance uplift over a two-year-old or three-year-old or four-year-old product and what they do is they sort of, um, they spin this, right? They talk about the average upgrade cycle of their, you know, of gamers, of their customers, um, as though it's not becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like, yeah, gamers are only upgrading every four years because you're only delivering two graphics card refreshes every four years. That's why they used four. to upgrade every two years and now they're upgrading every four years. Um, Another strategy is to compare to your oh. last year's product, but just compare to a small growing niche of that thing so what is the tensor core performance upgrade wow that's yeah. still thir has 30 percent more performance that's a good one AI. Too. like nobody nobody really cares about that so my new big brain moment is that by delaying it just three weeks and using covid as an excuse they could experiment with how many more iphone 10s series they could sell and how many more iPhone 11s that they can sell in that three weeks, by the way, nice, LTTstore.com, how many more they can sell in that three weeks and see if, like, what the economics are of stretching out a product lifecycle. It's a great little experiment. If they go, oh, wow, this is amazing. People actually don't give two hoots about the new iPhone launch. They're just going to buy the crap out of the last gen iPhone right up until the last day. And it's only this, you know, weird tech enthusiast niche that actually cares about this stuff. 
Maybe, that's that's worthwhile to know. It's good data, if nothing else. I don't else. know if, they, if it is good data this year, given that the SE 2020 exists. That's fair. kind of confounds everything. That's fair. That's fair. It does. So even if you've got extra data, and even if it could, you're right, that's a great word, even if it could confound your other data, <laughs> confound it. Um, Boiled again. I still think it's, I still think it's interesting to know because i mean the sc launched six months ago so they can just look at it they can go okay well it was gonna launch in early september let's do it three weeks later let's see how many iphone higher end than the sc we sell in that time and then let's see what happens on launch day um it's if nothing else it's an interesting experiment and the thing about the explanation that they offer is they've got they've absolutely got plausible deniability they could say yep this is definitely why we're doing it i just think there's probably internal conversations that went a little bit deeper than this so what do you think of the lineup that they're going to be unveiling so it's supposed to be four iphone 12 models with all new designs um so what i have to say about that is uh thank goodness because they are overdue like that, that 10 chassis was pretty pretty ancient looking now it, huge industry leading notch it has no industry leading notch it has not not aged well at all um so it's got a souped up a14 chipset which is supposed to be this well actually it's a souped down a14 chipset a14x is the souped up version of it we're supposed to see in some kind of new macbook we're going to get oled displays on all sizes and then at the top end 3d capable triple lens cameras also these will be the first 5g iphones yep Sounds like new iPhones to me. One of the big ones I saw was the reduction in the alleged reduction in size of the notch. It's still got a notch in it, so I will still continue to use my Note 9 until there's a better solution, but it definitely looks a lot better. I'm also uh, going to be really interested to see how much they can clean up that bezel that goes all the way around the rest of the phone. Apple was industry leading with yeah, their chin size. Bad. Yeah, the chin when they launched it on the iPhone 10 was industry leading. They had this like crazy wraparound display technology so that they could put um like the interface for it and the um uh, what's the word i'm looking for tcon or whatever it is uh, like the controller for it at the back of this like folded up display inside the phone super cool amazing amazing great technology um but then what they did was in order to give it like a really uniform beautiful look they took that as thin as it can be bottom bezel and they made a really thick side bezel even at the time and it has not aged well at all yeah they basically look like they look like you've got a dbrand gripped on your on your phone yes when it's when it's nude yes yeah i i could i could 100 agree with that um, i'm excited about this 3d capable triple camera setup if there's seriously if there's anyone that could make stereoscopic 3d go mainstream finally it's apple is that what it's for or is it just for ar like what what is it i would say it's probably just for ar but if they have the capability it sort of raises the question why not allow you to take stereoscopic photos because nobody cares anything can be made (laughs) yeah some things have bigger like more fun kind of consequences than you think like when they announce animoji that's the kind of thing we're like who cares what a non-announcement but you can actually have so much fun with those and like the comedic value in a group chat like i actually do really like that stuff but the reason i'm excited about better ar is because i see i see phones that we hold in our hands being probably never that good at ar but it's a way of getting the technology out there and developed so that it is ready to be on your face eventually absolutely absolutely uh, I'm really, I'm really interested to see what the the rumored Apple Glass ends up looking like. I mean, I, it's, it's. I don't think anyone disagrees that Google Glass was a great idea, hampered by the hardware just absolutely not being there yet, and Google having the attention span of a flea. Um, so, well, they yeah. just bought North. Did they just buy I, North? Yeah. Oh, that's and right. That was a couple their, months ago, wasn't it? Devices. No, no, no. Uh, I think they announced it a little while ago, but. But the latest news was that uh, all the North devices are no longer going to work. All the uh, all the like subscription based uh, features aren't going to work anymore. They're Canadian, <laughs> by the way, Toronto. Okay. Which it's so nice that they have a wintry name. 
What's up with Canada always doing that, man? Especially oh, in man. TV shows. Holy like a... crap. North is X Thelmic Labs? I didn't realize that. They made yeah, that, they made the Maya. That horrible armband. Uh, Mayo, Mayo, Mio, what, however, I don't know how to pronounce it, but that thing was horrible. They got acquired for a rumored $180 million. I, Good you, for them. You know what, James? We're in the we're clearly in the wrong business because we should just be like building weird, stupid prototypes. I thought we were of like, <laughs> yeah, but okay, we should be pretending that it could be marketable, like mass marketable at some point. So yeah, winding down support for 2018 Focal Smart Glasses and that Focal's 2.0 is effectively canceled. Wow. That's brutal. So what do you think that means? Is that because Google is going to be incorporating their tech like right away? Or they were losing money? I don't know. It's always hard to say with these uh, like these private investment or private acquisition deals, like what was actually going on. Uh, I was having a really interesting conversation. I forget who it was with, but uh, apparently the the number of companies that uh, list publicly these days compared to just um, working with like private equity firms or private investors is dwindling. And it has to do with all the regulatory burden that comes from going public. I've actually, I've had viewers uh, tell me like, hey, you know, wh when are you taking Linus Media Group Incorporated public so that I can... <laughs> Not even close to that so size. Th so that I can invest in it. Um, and I'm like, never? <laughs> because I don't, you know, like if, if I if I make an, if I make an honest accounting mistake or I send out an ill-advised tweet in the middle of the night because I'm, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't drink. On so I'd Ambien. have to be, I'd have to be, yeah, I'd have to be sleep deprived or something. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm going to, I'm going to take it back private. I've already got a buyer. And then I'm, I end up investigated and cost millions of dollars, whatever, whatever. I don't, I don't need any of that in my life. Like, I, well, we also don't need fundraising. Yeah. We like also, that's why you go public, right? Yes. To raise funds. So what would we buy with that? Marquez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll just buy up all the other all the other YouTube channels, which is great because that actually leads us really well into, into antitrust. Into the antitrust topic. <laughs> I love this. So this is not actually um hold on a second. I have to open this in an incognito tab so that I don't accidentally expose. We don't people. have any antitrust uh topics in our WAN document here. Yeah, I'm just opening up this great thread on the forum from RC Mail. Uh, hold on a second. Where's my display capture at? Hey, there it is. All right, cool. This is it. People love it when you lose. They love dirty laundry, the antitrust mega thread. So there's just some great stuff in here about Amazon knowingly weakening diapers.com. I didn't even remember diapers.com. That, so, that is so public and so old like i read jeff bezos biography probably five years ago and that story is written out in full in that like, which that, is fine but hold on a second so uh what's da, 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 absorbing emails emails released by the antitrust subcommittee though detail amazon's plan to weaken them including undercutting them on price um amazon was willing to lose 200 million dollars in one month on diapers alone to make this move freaking crazy and this is this is great this is great um jeff bezos's uh testimony uh about this is i cannot comment on that because i don't remember it can you imagine being in a position <laughs> where you could simply not remember losing 200 million dollars in a month put yourself in that mindset it was, it was one of the first big big moves oh yeah of course he remembers it but can you imagine okay imagine thinking that saying you can't remember losing 200 million dollars could even be remotely credible like <laughs> the guy's worth so much that like dropping 200 million dollars on the street it's like oh yeah i you know i don't remember that and someone else might go sir um 200 million dollars a lot of money go ah yeah boy well, yeah maybe to you but like i i don't remember it i'm sorry i just I'm don't know yeah i'm a drama they also always focus on or they talk about long-term thinking at amazon they say that like right now he's thinking about what's going to happen three years from now so that diapers.com incident is decades away yeah he hasn't he hasn't thought about it since 13 years ago you know 
it all just happened without him paying any attention to it, right? Genius. Um, Apple has a really good one. So Apple has apparently been struggling with right to repair internally. This is this is really cool because I would love to see this debate that is clearly going on internally at Apple um, and now spilling out into the public. I would love to see Apple's customers and Apple's apologists who normally just defend this kind of bullshit from Apple start to call them on it because guys... If your guru, your sensei, your your supreme leader is also questioning this stuff, maybe it's time for you to question it too. Uh, so this is this is fantastic. I'm gonna go ahead and throw this up here. Internal discussions reveal what looks like Apple's united front against right to repair is really an internal debate rife with uncertainty. Apparently, a New York Times editorial in favor of right to repair last April set off a fire alarm inside of Apple's public relations team. And this is a quote. The larger issue is that our strategy around all of this is unclear. Right now, we're talking out of both sides of our mouth and no one is clear on where we're headed. So I fix it had unwittingly triggered another flurry of internal emails unearthed by the Judiciary Committee last March, um, where they discovered complete service manuals for the newest iMacs on Apple's support site. Now, this is crazy. The manuals are still there. Apple didn't reply to a request for comment, um, but they did look up the credentials of the person who asked for a request for comment, so Wits in here, um, and then launched a wide-ranging internal debate. And then the manual stayed online, but then an internal Apple, me Apple memo goes, what is our repair strategy? Showing more division inside Apple than anybody knew. Um, well, there is some cognitive dissonance there because every keynote, they talk about how environmental they are. They're using materials that are recycled or they're, or, they're reclaiming different phones. Yeah, or whatever. But then out of the other side of their mouth, devices that have been deactivated by their owners, but not in the special way so that they can be reactivated by another owner are ending up in the garbage like in the thousands and thousands and thousands at the same time that they're they're trumpeting the fact that your iphone lasts you five years and they support it for so long and so which is it is it longevity and and low environmental impact or not yeah or is it just throw away your electronic devices and let all the horrible stuff leach into the soil because you're you just don't care about the planet that we live on you got it you can't have it both ways apple so this is the last really telling quote here that i really like right now it's pretty clear things are happening in a vacuum and there's not an overall strategy plus with one hand we're making these changes and with the other hand we're actively fighting right to repair legislation come on guys let's get it together um and <laughs> yeah. uh, shareholders that's a shareholders thing the the board knows we'll lose money if we have a right to the repair stuff going on so we need to lobby against that speaking of apple um having one story in public and another in private uh recently they've been under fire for the 30 percent cut that they take in the app store for subscription revenues that quite frankly they have nothing to do with uh this is something that floatplane has struggled with and is one of the reasons that the floatplane app does not have any way to sign up for the service in it because we cannot provide enough uh, of a of a cut for ourselves to sustain the service and enough cut to make it worthwhile for creators while also giving Apple 30% of the gross subscription revenue. It's it, egregious. I think that should be regulated. It just 30%? makes 30%. It makes 30% of the gross revenue. And like it's one thing if we want to use Apple's payment processor or whatever else, but no, we have put in the work to build our own stuff that has way less overhead than that so we would really like to be able to use it we can do it in on the google play store but not in the app store and not only do they like not let you do it they go through your app with a fine tooth comb to make sure that if you have a way to subscribe off platform there is no reference to it whatsoever within your app except when they don't so here's a great internal document, an Apple exec offering Amazon a 15% fee on subscriptions that signed up through the app instead of 30%. Oh, how about that? So you say, well, no, it's 30% for everyone and here's all the justification. But oh, it turns out when it's, a, when it's a really big customer, oh, you can do something about that, which I get. That's fine. But don't lie about it. Just be upfront about it. Just say, well, 
yeah, there are there are special deals because we understand that at a certain scale and for certain types of business, 30% makes absolutely no f***ing sense. That's all there is to it. What do you think about the idea that, um, the antitrust idea that a lot of these companies will say that, you know, Facebook doesn't have a monopoly because you can go and use something else. Like the app store doesn't have a monopoly because you can get an Android phone and get the app there. Do you buy that? Because obviously you can't get a non-Apple phone and use uh, iOS OS because it's all integrated, right? So is that another alternative that can, that's realistic for consumers to turn to or not? No, I don't really see how it is. Uh, I, yeah, Apple's, Apple's walled garden approach was going to catch up to them eventually. I mean, looking at the way, you know, honestly, I, I, to be clear, I have no sympathy for 90s and 2000s Microsoft for the most for, like for the most part it's not like they didn't do their fair share of absolutely evil stuff but the way that Microsoft got harassed about certain things um and the kinds of hoops they had to jump through uh, about stuff like um you know Internet Explorer being included with Windows um it, it it made sense from an antitrust standpoint, but what didn't make sense was that Apple got this free pass on their side to include their own web browser with special advantages and their own productivity suite with special advantages. And no one kind of batted an eye about it. And I, I looked at it and I went, well, this is just this is just an absurd double standard. On the one hand, I understand why you're going after the big player. But on the other hand, if you're going to create these policies and you're going to enforce them, you should really be enforcing them with everyone. Or we're just going to be 10, 15 years down the line and in exactly the same position with exactly the same abuses because people are people are just people and they're kind of predictable. Yeah, and it's weird how these companies, especially on the software side, like Facebook and Instagram, um, they compare themselves like who they decide is is a competitor or relevant competitor and who is not like, oh, and a worthy alternative to Facebook is like is Google, for example. You're like, what? It's it's we don't have a monopoly because you can go to this thing. You're like, but consumers, we don't think of it that like only yes. Facebook does what Facebook does and only Instagram does what Instagram does. And the funny thing about you mentioning Google is that that was a really good one for Facebook in the mega thread here. Um, this The original article here is from Ars Technica, and there's an email from the Zuck from way back in, hold on a second, when was it? 2012, 2012, where he had identified that Google was not, in fact, a competitor with Google+, even though that's exactly what Google was trying to do. But it was Instagram that they recognized as, as the real competitor. And I have to confess, in 2012, so that was back when Linus Media Group was starting up, I had just signed up on Twitter, let alone Instagram. I was like, what? So it's like Twitter, but you take a picture instead of posting text? And Twitter already had pictures anyway. I was like, what is the point of this? I actually still don't really understand the point of Instagram compared to Twitter. Functionally, they are basically the exact same thing to me. Um, can can someone help me out here? James, what's the difference? I know I, ha I have it, but I just don't use it. I don't know. There's more butts. There's more butts on Instagram. There's more like, like buttockses. Yeah, there's so many butts. There's a thing now where now that everybody has an OnlyFans... Um, those people who have an OnlyFans, mostly women, they are now buying ad space from meme accounts. So if you just follow a random meme account because you want to see the funny cat photos, randomly on your newsfeed, there'll be a video of butts or boobs because that entrepreneur who has an OnlyFans is, is paying that meme account to have a sponsored post. So now you just you can't be on Instagram without having butts. Is that what you tell the wife? My, about why my wife told there? me this. My wife told me this yesterday. She's scrolling through her feed and there's someone like shaking their stuff. It's like, <laughs> what is this? Okay. 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 So the YouTube chat is helping me out a little bit here. I just don't quite get it. 
filters. Like, yeah, but Twitter has filters for years. I don't think filters were big at the beginning, but I don't yeah. know if people really care about them now. People are like a text limit. Okay, yeah, Twitter has a text limit, I guess. But there's like Twit longer, what, like, whatever. There's like there's a workaround. Uh, Twitter is a political hellhole. That's true. That's true. Twitter has become very, very toxic. Uh, Instagram I, I is vanity. It, Twitter says R buy. I think it actually just has to or do B-Rye. with like the the reward mechanism in your brain. It takes so much more effort to scroll through Twitter because it's text. But Instagram is just like a rat hitting the feeder bar for more serotonin. It's just like image, 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 image. And every colorful little image just gives you a shot of dopamine. Okay. I mean, yeah, I guess so. To be honest with you, that's one of the reasons I never scroll through my Facebook feed because it is so much mental work to scroll through a Facebook feed. You know, half of it's, you know, or not half of it, some of it's video, some of it's big walls of text, some of it's pictures, some of it's pictures of a wall of text because people are idiots. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so it's just, you have to kind of switch your brain into a completely different operating mode every time. I don't personally have trouble with Twitter that way, but I do find Twitter more exhausting to be on simply because, um, you know, it, it, it just makes me like make that face a lot more often, you know, you're like, you'll see something trending and you'll click on it, expecting it to be like, like good. And then instead it's like horrible. And, and everyone is, is either a, a Russian bot or actually that stupid. And you're just not sure which one it is. <laughs> hey, we should jump into our sponsors. Uh, yes, we should do that. Um, Moss backpacks. Yes. Uh, Moss. Oh, apparently I'm supposed to show the website. Le web seat. Uh, this is going to be a little tough because my talking points are also in my web browser, but I'm going to find a way to make it work. Hold on. Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. I swear to you, I can do this. Use code Linus Tech to get 15% off at mossorganizer.com. We're going to throw up our display capture. Oh, yeah. They got, they got, oh, is this out of, is this out of the way here? Yeah. There we go. They got packs, and one of their best-selling items is their backpacks. Um, they have two versions of the Black Pack, the Black Pack and the Black Pack Grande. The features of the regular version are up to 27 liters of capacity, 1680D ballistic nylon, giving it abrasion and tear resistance, a built-in rain cover, and the Grande... Uh, Morgan Freeman would say, this sucker can stop a knife. And the Grande has up to 40 liters, can fit laptops up to 17 inches, and has water bottle support for up to f- up to 14 ounces. It can even fit the LTTstore.com insulated water bottle. Oh, yeah. Had to work that in there. So, guys, check them out at mossorganizer.com to get 15% off. Thanks for not acknowledging my Dark Knight quote. Um, I actually didn't. I have not. I've only seen the Dark Knight twice. Once when it <laughs> first came out. And then once when it like came out on Blu-ray. Oh, maybe we should have you on to talk about it on our movie podcast, Carpal Critics. I do. I do love that movie. Uh, James and I were talking about, okay, hold on a second. We'll move into our next sponsor later. So James and I were actually talking about what would be a good movie for me to come on for. Cause I, I, today I pitched him. I was like, I should come on for Gladiator. I love Gladiator. And he's like, uh, did you look at the YouTube feed today or I yesterday? I posted a picture. I was like, literally today's episode. We've already done it, pal. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. I love that movie so much. Um, it's very good. I, I had a couple of other pitches. One of them was Spaceballs, but Spaceballs isn't like that close to me. Like I watched it as a as a teenager or like a, a pre adolescent, probably I guess, because I rented it from the like VHS movie store. Like I rented it on VHS. Um, so it, like it wasn't, and I haven't watched it since then or anything. Like it might just be terrible. Uh, so maybe maybe not that one. Which which other ones did I pitch? I can't remember. I think that's all we talked about, honestly. Uh, oh, oh no no no, Land Before Time. Land Before Time. Okay, so guys, what what did no? I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up my teams here because I think I think that you were not fair to the Land Before Time. Here are James's comments on the Land Before Time. To be very clear, I am not talking about any of the sequels. Everything number two and onward is actual garbage i'm talking about the original movie so uh what did he say two kitty maybe and uh but you hadn't watched it since you were a kid um 
said it depends on whether the audience shares the nostalgia. So, guys, Land Before Time. Would you click on it? Would you click on it? Would you click on it? YouTube chat's like, Spaceballs, Space Nalls. Spaceballs is great. Spaceballs <laughs> is plan, great. We oh, plan to do Spaceballs in a couple of weeks. Yeah, which is part of why I uh, I was like, okay, well, I probably won't be won't be ready in a couple of weeks to do it. Ah, oh, everyone's just talking about Spaceballs. Wasn't that an animated movie? Yes, it was an animated movie. Oh, you know what? Forget it. I don't even. I don't. I'm gonna go talk to float plane people. Yes, yes. Nope. Nope. No. Yes. No. Too low res for me. Yeah, man. VHS. It's gonna be what, like 480p maybe. Oh, come on. It's it's animated. It's it's artistic. It's, it's the style. It's ugh. Okay. Well, whatever. Maybe we won't do it then. Let's just get the rest of our sponsors done. People, what am I going to do with you guys? Where did I put my sponsor talking points? I can't even find them. That's how that's how distraught I am right now, James. Sure. I, I can't even talk about a sponsor, like private internet access. How on earth will I tell people about you know how a VPN lets you mask your IP and encrypt traffic to and from your devices? How can I get out that they've got reliable service with over three thousand servers and dozens of? How countries? will they ever block censorship? <laughs> how will they? How will they enjoy the fact that PIA has no bandwidth caps? Try it out risk-free with their 30-day money-back guarantee. You can connect up to 10 devices at once with clients for Windows, Mac OS, Android, iOS, and Linux. Just go to lmg.gg slash PIAWAN. Finally, the show is brought to you by Displate. Displate. It's real simple. It's a magnet-mounted metal print. There are a ton of them behind me right now. Yeah, actually. They've got so many different arts spanning a bunch of styles and influences. They're durable. You don't need any power tools to hang them. Uh, they plant a tree for every displate purchased, and we've even got our own lineup of displates. You can go to displate.com slash Linus Tech Tips, and you can get James holding, like, what is that, a falcon or something? I don't know, but I was talking to Colton. We should have, like, a contest or something like that, because our lineup of displates could be way better. I agree. I actually agree. It could be better. I do think yours is the coolest, though. <laughs> Let's have a look at the James the James uh, displate here. Hold on. There it is. Uh, where's the James? Pretty sure Anthony has like matrix glasses on. His isn't up there though. Oh, it's gone now. Yeah, remember we made it optional for people whether they wanted their display to be there. Oh wait, no, it's a duck. I don't know why you're holding a duck, but you are. It's really cool it's though. The the whole thing is just ripped from various public facing photos of me, and I think it's like my one of my uh, cover photos from Twitter is me holding this duck that was just this random piece of tchotchke in the hotel where I got married. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Huh. I, I, I've, never, I've never seen that picture. Uh, anyway, if you guys uh, head over to lmg.gg slash displaywen, you can save 15% on your very own displate today. Or more than one. It's totally up to you. It's, it's your choice. It's your choice, ladies and gentlemen. All right. We got a time for maybe two more topics here. Let's uh let's let's jump into them. Uh, we got oh, to talk about TSMC. We got to yeah, we got to do that one. But we also have to do that ARM one. Sure. Yep. Sure. We'll talk about ARM China. Oh, that's so funny. Okay. Uh, which one do you want to do first? Don't care. Okay. Let's do TSMC. So a report. Sure. Uh, this was uh from Spartaman sixty four on the forum. Thank you for posting in the news section. Uh, says TSMC reportedly will not make any extra capacity for Intel. It's funny. The, one of the first thoughts that entered my mind when I heard about Intel uh, moving some of their production for future GPUs and maybe even CPUs to TSMC was like, oh, well, that's interesting because um, that would be on probably exactly the same node that AMD would want to use for their CPUs and GPUs. And I don't know if you guys know this, but it takes not months, but years to build up fab capacity. So, you know, you think about your the kinds of projections that we have to do in our daily lives. Like, hmm, how many times am I going to want to have a peanut butter and banana sandwich this week? You know, how, how, many, how many bananas should I get before they're all going to go bad? They're on a whole different level. They are planning, you know, five years, six years, ten years out in advance for, you know, how much, how many chips 
like is the world going to need in the year 2025 and then they are they are like breaking soil on new fabs so that they will have this additional capacity and they're doing rolling upgrades of their existing fabs to meet the need for new cutting edge manufacturing processes while also making sure that they have enough of older less technologically advanced fabrication processes that are more affordable for products that don't need the utmost in transistor density and and low power consumption or whatever so this is like this is some 40 chess going on at a company like tsmc or global foundries or, or intel anyone who anyone who fabs anything really samsung um but what this oh so anyway yeah so i was like oh that's hilarious because tsmc is going to have a finite amount of fab space so if intel is taking it up that could limit amd's ability to supply enough chips to the market i have a theory that amd would not confirm for me they actually outright denied it i have a theory that threadripper pro is oem only because either Zen 3 is like right around the corner and it just doesn't make sense to ramp up an entire new line of Threadripper processors right before they're going to replace them with something that's way better. Uh, or that they just don't have enough capacity to support uh, that product broadly in the channel for workstation DIYers or workstation system integrators like someone like a, a Puget Systems, for example. So right now, those SKUs are Lenovo only. And I don't know, like, I, ca I can't imagine Lenovo sells like in the grand scheme of things, that many AMD workstations specifically. Like they're not producing hundreds and hundreds of thousands of these a month. That's for sure. Um, so Let's I'd... say it wasn't just Lenovo. Let's say it was all OEMs. What percentage of the total sales of that chip do you think OEMs would account for? I, I think it would be most. Um, but like over, over 50%? But by that logic, they should probably just only sell Epic through OEMs, right? Like the vast majority of Epic is going to gigantic volume customers, not to, you know, you know, NCIX who used to build like, you know, one or two servers a week, you know, compared to gaming rigs or whatever the case may be. So I just, I just don't buy it. Why not put it on a shelf and sell it unless you either can't make enough of it and it's just going to be out of stock all the time and make people mad or... Uh, you're just worried that it doesn't make any sense to ramp it up and make it a volume part. Um, and so you just like partner with a, a small volume OEM to kind of act as almost like a, a VAR, like a, like a solutions provider in that case. Um, so anyway, what this suggests is that while Intel and TSMC are apparently in talks about Intel producing chips there, it could be a temporary partnership. So according to unnamed sources, TSMC doesn't consider Intel a long-term customer and is therefore unlikely to build additional fabrication capacity to meet the contracts. Uh, they want to be a long-term supplier, not a, a rescuer. So that's just not, um, not going to make Intel a priority for them. Uh, TSMC does already build some chipsets and FPGAs for Intel, um, but their 7 nanometer capacity is already quite booked by the likes of AMD, NVIDIA, and Apple. Although some capacity should free up, this could be quite serendipitous for Intel. Once TSMC stops shipping to Huawei on September 14th, that's due to uh, a U.S., uh, I forget which branch of the administration they, this is. Yeah, t uh, TSMC would have to apply. They'd have to make an application in order to sell the American parts to Huawei. And they haven't said whether or not they're going to apply or not. So they've stopped in May and that the final like the final chips or whatever that they're shipping to high silicon or Huawei will end at that time. Uh, this is uh, this is a great sort of side note. Uh, Intel has been now sued over their seven nanometer delays. Um, let's see. Uh, the Hagen's Berman law firm issued a press release on Friday calling for investors that were impacted by Intel's recent stock market losses to join a potential class action lawsuit. So this was apparently started by one individual investor who is super mad because she apparently bought something to the tune of 300 grand worth of Intel stock in the day or two before the stock absolutely oh, tanked. No. <laughs> so she lost like, I, I, I'm a little hazy on the numbers. It was a 40 grand or 60 grand or something like that. Like Bad bet. in one day. And what they're alleging, because that can happen, and normally you can't sue over that, but what, what, they're, what the allegation is here is that Intel must have known 
earlier than they let on that the seven nanometer delays were going to be six to 12 months. And, uh, you know, this investor wouldn't have invested if they hadn't believed that seven nanometer was on track as Intel had allegedly uh, represented it to be. It's kind of a weird argument. It's like we have these investor calls, these earnings calls, and clearly we prepare for them. And so if I have to prepare for this call, then that means that I know the information contained within that call before the call happens. But if so, I tell you ahead of time, it's insider knowledge and now we're both in trouble. So like you might just have to. So you made a bad bet. You bet that it was going to be a good call. It was a bad call. And now you salty. Uh, this is a great comment from Salgado18, actually, on the article on Tom's Hardware. Uh, this is why I think companies shouldn't go public. Random people force you to make a profit and sue you if you don't. You become accountable to an entire mass of people who don't help you do anything, don't bring anything to the company, but put a knife in your back and say, earn money or else. <laughs> like, it, it's not... Well, now, they do help you, though. They those, do help you. random people do help you. Yes and no. Because value higher, and then the company... Then you can borrow against it. They, they can or sell it. Yep. Okay, that's fair. That's true. They do help you. Um, but it's like a very indirect help. They don't like, you know, go work on the floor of the fab slicing up, you know, silicon ingots or whatever. It's not that indirect. They give your company money. Okay. Well, sort of. When they're buying on the open market, like when you're not actually issuing stock, then not really. They didn't yeah. really give you any money. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, Oh, man, we're going to have to kind of gloss over Google wanting to Samsung to kill Bixby in the Galaxy App Store. This was sort of related to the big antitrust conversation that we were having. That's uh, We talked about it earlier in the show. But Google reportedly is pushing for a deal with Samsung to promote the Play Store and Google Assistant over Galaxy App Store and Samsung's Bixby Assistant. I mean, I if Sam Bixby is dead, okay? If Samsung can get a big payment out of Google to kill Bixby, that would probably be an ideal outcome at this point. So the payout won't be a lump sum. It'll be a, a change in the um, like the kickbacks that, that they get, the rates that they get. Mm. But the uh, thing that if I'm Samsung, the thing that I would hesitate about is like, yeah, you're offering me a higher share of Play Store ad revenue now when I have leverage. But five years from now, when I don't have leverage anymore, what's to prevent you from just coming back and saying, well, that was nice. See ya. Well, a deal, a deal that you sign. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Google's not going to sign a perpetual deal, though. There will no. always be some renegotiation term at some point. It'll so, be a period. It'll be for the next five years or something like that. And if I'm Samsung, I feel like this is validation of my strategy. The fact that Google feels threatened enough by Bixby and the Samsung store that they want me to get rid of it. It's like, oh, I don't know, maybe we should keep at it. With that said, uh, I've never opened it. <laughs> they, they might be more threatened by other stores, and they just want to be on more devices. Or just... they're, but they're already on those devices. The then, Play Store is, is there on the front page right beside the Samsung Store. And if I was Google, honestly, I would be less threatened by the Samsung Store and I would be more just annoyed that Android is still so fragmented and I would just be like, hey, look, you're like the number one Android device maker. Can we just all get on the same page or we are never going to be able to take on Apple? Like, please, please. Yeah, another bit of leverage that Samsung has here is that the Google Play Store isn't available in China. So what's going to happen when that's not available on a Samsung device? Like, there's different regions that kind of need alternatives, right? Is the Galaxy App Store available in China, though? Yeah, I it, it is, but it's like the 15th most popular Oof. app store in China. All right. Yeah, fine. All right, let's jump on to that last uh, topic that we really wanted to talk about. Arm China, speaking of China, rogue. has gone rogue. This was posted by Pickles, Lord of the Jar on the forum. Best username. Uh, best username. I love it for this topic. James, take it away. I, I love this so much. Oh, I'm not even, I'm not even scrolled to it. Then I can do it. Arm Limited, owned by SoftBank, has a division that is specifically tailored for China called, appropriately, Arm China. That's a perfect name for the Chinese arm of your business. You don't say. That was where you were headed with that, wasn't it? <laughs> In a surprising turn of events, UK-based Arm Limited is accusing Arm China's ex-CEO of blocking its business as the Chinese division has gone rogue. So 
Arm China CEO Alan Wu was fired back in June, but he has refused to cooperate and refused to step down from his position, remaining in control of the business without the consent of the UK-based headquarters. Like, James, is this basically like if I'm like, hey, James, back in June, right? James, you're fired, and you just keep showing up at the office and just keep telling the writers what to do and shooting carpool critics and are just like, what are you going to do about it? It's like, like Riley just keeps making tech link because he has a password or something like that. This guy's just standing on the roof naked with a fire extinguisher yelling his own name. Woo! Woo! So, um, yeah, so he remains in control of the business. And Arm says that Wu is propagating false information and creating a culture of fear and confusion among Arm China employees. I'd be pretty I'd be pretty fearful and confused if my CEO was, you know, naked with the fire extinguisher on the roof there. I made uh, that up. And I know. And Arm also says that Allen's focus on his own self-preservation has also put China Semiconductor Innovation at risk as he has attempted to block the critical communication and support that our China partners require from Arm for ongoing and future chip designs. The, situ the situation has apparently escalated to the point where Mr. Wu has refused to hold an event meant to connect Chinese chip makers to Arm Limited. And he has hired personal security so no arm limited <laughs> representatives can get to him. I love this. <laughs> like you got like bouncers blocking the door. This is People's some necks are getting karate chopped. This is some meanwhile in China type stuff going on here. Arm has accused Wu of covertly setting up a Cayman Islands private equity fund called Alphatecture. That's actually a surprisingly catchy name. Uh, for like okay. a for like a Chinese company, uh, you know, normally it's it's like you know rock solid, heart touching kind of that that sort of thing. Alpha texture, I, I like it. Uh, but anyway, set it up under his own name and then raised ten million dollars without Arms consent. Like what? Pretty shady, man. I don't know. I, but what are they gonna do? Because I, I don't know what relations are like between China and the UK right now. I suspect not good because the UK went and followed uh, the US with the uh, Huawei 5G infrastructure ban. So if I'm China and anyone from ARM like tries to come in and enforce this, am I just like, eh, nope? Like what? What, do, what can you do? Well, you might. It depends on how many other uh, other organizations in China, which are tied to the Communist Party, are suffering. Like it's, it talks about these other uh, yeah. chip makers like needing to be in contact with arms. So, if everyone else is suffering, they're just gonna tell this out. This Allen guy will just get disappeared. I guess it just depends, like how much of the expertise their partners need is already like owned by Arm China. Like how much, how much they can just help the customers themselves. I, I don't know. That seems to be what Mr. Alan Wu is betting on here. But um, yeah, maybe good. for a while until there's new designs that and it all trickles out from the motherland. I would imagine this ends up being Nvidia's problem. Like if I'm SoftBank, I'm just like, I don't want to deal with this. Forget it. I'm out. Sell to Nvidia. Like maybe, maybe this is part of what has spurred the talks. We don't know how long they've been in talks at this point. So this has all been going on since June sometime. Uh, it's probably, yeah, for them to be seriously in talks is probably a little bit uh, more recent. Anyway, doesn't matter. The point is, uh, that's it for the show. James has a carpool to catch, so I'm not going to make him stick around while I go through some super chats with y'all. Um, Are you going to stick around? Uh, I am here for probably about another 10 minutes or so, 5, 10 minutes. Okay. Well, thanks, everybody. It's been a pleasure. Futurama Man says, what was the result of the Beard No Beard t-shirt competition? Are you shaving or not? No, Chad Linus remains. Uh, the Beards won by like 10 to 1. Oh, wow. I feel like this is like that Spider-Man meme. Like, <laughs> um, hold on. Let me fix this. Uh, do, 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 do. Let's just create a new scene. Uh, let's call it. Just Linus add uh, video capture device existing cam link 4k a hey, there he is oh whatever okay we're just gonna do it like that whatever I don't even care um Rick Spalestra says I was about to go to sleep but when shows on so I'll stay awake a little while longer good choice 
Abram Galvez. Hey, Linus, it's my birthday and wanted to share the love. Been watching you guys for a few years, and Luke's review of the Corsair 380T case inspired my first build. Very nice. Also inspired me to get my computer science degree this year. That's fantastic. Love it. Thank you. Uh, Sir Myself says, kind of sucks that uh, services that sponsor a Canadian channel are not even available to Canadians. I can forgive Ting and blame the big three, but trade stations more or less insulting since they were available in Canada. Uh, that's something we could look into, guys. Um, thank you very much for that. Oh, snap! I totally forgot! I gotta talk to you guys about, um, I believe, what's it called? LTTstore.com! Uh, hold on a second, hold on a second. Where's my, uh, thing? Oh yeah, okay, so big news! Apparently, y'all are super into 40-ounce water bottles, so those are the big, uh, thick boy water bottles, as we call them. And our sales of the 21-ounce bottles, um, have not kept up. Uh, so we've got a lot of 21 ounce bottles that we want to get rid of now. So we're doing a special deal for y'all. If you buy one of the 21 ounce Skinny Boy bottles, you will get another one for 50% off. So you can get two different colors. You can get two of the same color, totally up to you. And the discount will be automatically applied when you add two to your cart. Also, all new orders placed will get a free sticker pack, which uh, those are available while supplies last. And the sticker packs are in nice little baggies now, so they won't get crumpled up in shipping, or at least they shouldn't get crumpled up in shipping. I do realize that even at buy one, get one 50% off, the 21-ounce um, bottles are going to cost more per volume of water than the 40-ounce ones. But you are also, of course, free to buy a 40-ounce bottle if you, if you just want to do that instead. LTTstore.com. Just bear in mind, guys, that right now, the I believe it's the black and gold is already sold out from our air shipment. Stealth is going to go next. So if you want one of those, get on that right away. And then after that, I believe it's black and white is the one that we have the next least of. Um, and then after that, I think we've, well, I don't know. Well, if you want one of the other ones, get it as well, because it's still going to be a few more weeks before we have the other colors in stock. So now's the time to move. Uh, deck out your entire water bottle drawer with LTTstore.com water bottles. Get, get her, get her, get her done. Get her done. Now's the time. Um, sir, myself says, don't get me wrong. You being sponsored by whatever brand is cool. It's just annoying. Those brands aren't available to, un to us Canadian lads. That is a fair point. Um, I get it. The thing is, the majority of our audience is American. So, um, like, yeah. I mean, maybe we could make it a point of putting in our talking points that it specifically is a service that is only available in America or not available in Canada. It just adds extra, extra like, gum flapping when... You know, the, the YouTube audience's attention span is, is so short and so precious. Um... 225 Perfect says, listening while mowing. Athena Technologies Speakers was another cool company that got swallowed up and essentially shuttered by a big boy, Harmon. Yeah, okay. Uh, I've got a cool uh, speaker we might take a look at uh, pretty soon. It's a Bluetooth speaker from a buddy of Collins. Collins, one of my writers. Uh, he's relatively new, so that's why I clarified who he was. Um, yeah, they're like expensive. I think they're like a grand, but like really cool, like handmade and stuff. Um, What else we got here? Uh, Jeff P says, Linus, please talk about 5 nanometer, then 3 nanometer by TSMC when Intel will still be on 7 nanometer. That's their projection. Remember, projections um, projections sometimes don't go quite right. See Intel for Exhibit A. Uh, thanks, Casing Music. Appreciate it. Ooh. Roy Hill Percival says, as someone starting their own multilingual YouTube channels, do you re recommend creating each channel under a separate account or no? absolutely each channel under a separate account you should not upload multi-language content to the same channel as far as i know seth arvila says can lttstore.com please make a subnet mask mask i love it that's genius i think nick might actually be watching the show right now so nick write that down write that down roy hill percival had a great idea today Oh, sorry, Seth Arvilla. Sorry, Roy Hill Percival was the previous comment I, I uh, met. Wow, that's a good one. Uh, Johnny Nimble says, Gamers Nexus just dragged MSI's media relations badly. Oh, can they not just stay out of trouble? It's not that hard, you know? 
Uh, MSI's shady review practices and ethics. Oh boy. They're real upset. Oh, not Lucky. Don't take it out on Lucky. Why would he put Lucky in the thumbnail? What did Lucky ever do to you? Look, Taiwan number one, Lucky. Oh, come on, Steve. Lucky's in a uh, Lucky's Lucky's in a sea can right now. But as soon as we as soon as we finish our renos, we're gonna get Lucky back out. It's gonna be grand. All right, I got time for just a couple more before I gotta run to my uh, my badminton match. Cameron Ogletree says, "No, I just bought the bottle last week. Poor K. Well, you probably shouldn't. You probably shouldn't spend five dollars on a super chat complaining about it. If you if you are upset that you spent more than you had to, get Cameron. You're 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 not helping yourself out here, Cameron. I mean, five dollars well spent. If if you you wanted was some financial management advice." Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do better there, Cameron. But, um, if you were trying to get water bottles for cheaper, then that was a bad effort. Bad effort, Cameron. But, but thank you for trying anyway. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Right. He's not here. Okay. I'll do it. Bye.